Let me add my word of welcome to you. Good to see you all this evening. We trust, though few in number, the Lord will bless us as we look at his word. Okay, so we just need, there we go. Thank you so much. A meditation on John 16, verse 7 to 8, and I'll put the um, the verse is up for us soon. The title, something that I think almost all of us have said at one stage or another, if only Jesus were here. And really the aim of tonight is just to reflect on the wonderful ministry of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Let's read together these two verses which we're going to look at. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. And when he comes, he will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we... Thank you for this day. No doubt families have celebrated their mothers. Perhaps we are battling with a bit of tiredness. But your word commands our attention. And we ask that you would strengthen us by your spirit this evening. Help us to focus our minds on your word. Give us a hunger to hear from you as you speak through your word that we might apply ourselves to listen and to hear what you have to say to us tonight. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, if only Jesus were here. Have you never wished that you could have Jesus physically with you, even just for a day? So many of our problems, our dilemmas, our perplexities in life come from doubts and uncertainties. And imagine that you could have Jesus physically with you for one day in your living room at home. So I thought, here is what I would do if I could have Jesus with me. Perhaps some typical questions that you might ask. I'd have some theological questions that I would want to ask Jesus. We have some major debates in the world today, and we've got differences, and I would kind of want them settled, right? So eschatology, Lord, so now just give it to me straight. Is it dispensationalism? Or amillennialism. Sorry for the other views that some of you might be holding. But uh, the book of Revelation. How do I understand this book? Have I got it right? Some of those passages are tricky. Lord, just tell me. So what does this mean? How am I to understand this portion of scripture? In the world today, infant baptism versus believers baptism. And covenant theology and all the intricate arguments Lord, just settle it. 
for me and for the church and just tell me which is right. Different, difficult passages in the Bible. You read it, you're not quite sure what's going on here. Imagine having Jesus just flip and tell you and explain to you so clearly. That would be so awesome for me. I would ask him about wisdom issues in the church. Here's this big issue that we've got in the church. Who is right? Who is wrong? And what is the best way to go about dealing with this issue? Just a desperate need for wisdom. Lord, who are the next elders at HBC? Just point them out and they'll get a unanimous vote, I'm sure, if we know you pointed them out. I'd have a section of time where I'd ask Jesus about wisdom for personal needs. And this was maybe when I was younger, so here's my girlfriend or my boyfriend. Are they the one for me? Must I marry them? Maybe at school, I remember when I had to start choosing subjects. I didn't know what subjects to choose. Imagine having Jesus, now you might be at school, to just tell you, your gifting is here, go for these subjects. Sorted. You don't have to worry and stress about it. What career to do? Another big, big question. You're going to be doing something for the rest of your life. And maybe you're not going to enjoy it. So to have Jesus, just clarify that. For me, when I went to university, it would have been wonderful. Parenting. Oh, man. Wouldn't you just love to have Jesus just... How to deal with this child? Am I being too strict, too lenient? Um, a new job that you get. Must I take it? We stress and strain about that. Investments. It's not that I want to get rich, but I don't want to put my money into something that two years' time, it's valueless. And we stress and strain. Imagine the Lord. Just You could just ask him clearly, Lord, sir, shall I put it here or there? Please tell me. And then needs in our family. I'd ask him, so some of the health issues, headaches. Where, where are they coming from? Maybe in one of your children. And maybe you just ask the Lord, well, would you just heal them right now? Just come and lay your hand on them. People with difficulties in marriages, how to resolve these issues. And the list could go on. But to have Jesus just for one day. That would be awesome for me. A lot of my doubts would be turned into certainties. A lot of the paralyzing indecision, I would have a clear way forward and I could walk confidently with the Lord. So it is very surprising then that in this verse, the Lord Jesus tells his disciples and tells us, it is better for you, it is to your advantage that I go away. That, that's astonishing. Surely nothing could be better than having Jesus with us here and now physically on earth. And he says to us, I tell you the truth. This is the truth, something that you can believe and trust, that it is better for you that I go away and that you do not have my physical presence with you. 
So, tonight, we're just going to answer this question. So, why is it better that Jesus went to heaven and physically left this earth so that we do not have his presence with us? And there are three reasons. Reason number one, the coming of the Holy Spirit was dependent on the Lord Jesus Christ leaving. He said, if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. So why could we not have both? Why could we not have the Lord Jesus physically present with us and the Holy Spirit? It's surely not um, because there's a metaf metaphysical reason. What I mean by that, it's, it's not as if it's not possible to have two members of the Trinity on earth at the same time, no, not at all. Rather, the reason is eschatological. What I mean by that is that it was part of God's plan in accomplishing and applying redemption that the Lord Jesus would come to earth, die, and go to heaven, and only then the Holy Spirit would be sent to earth. That was God's plan and purpose. The Lord Jesus would accomplish salvation, and as our great high priest, he would enter heaven, and only then the Holy Spirit would be sent to us. And so according to God's plan of redemption, the Holy Spirit could only come after Jesus physically left this earth and ascended into heaven. So that is the first reason why why is it better that the Lord Jesus physically leave the earth? The first reason is because the Holy Spirit would not have been sent to us unless Jesus physically left this earth. Reason number two. Why is it better that the Lord Jesus leave and he sends the Holy Spirit? Because the Holy Spirit will indwell believers in a special way. The Holy Spirit here, look at that verse, for if I do not go away, the helper, that's how the Lord Jesus describes the Holy Spirit. He is a helper, somebody who draws alongside someone to help them, to encourage them, and to strengthen them. If you look at the Greek, that word helper, it means, um, it's the same title that would be used of the Lord Jesus but the Greek means another helper who is just like me. So in other words, the Holy Spirit, the helper, is just like Jesus. He's going to help and encourage and strengthen just like Jesus would. So the Holy Spirit is a helper just like Jesus. And that is very important. And also, the Lord emphasizes the Holy Spirit is not just a force or an influence. He is a person, like the Lord Jesus is a person. The person of the Holy Spirit will be sent to us. And then the verse says, not that I'll send the Holy Spirit and he'll go somewhere into the world, 
and you might have to try and find him. I will, the helper will not come to you unless he goes away. But if I go, I will send him, not just into the world somewhere, I will send him to you, to you and to me. The rest of Scripture tells us what this means, that the Holy Spirit will be sent a helper who is just like Jesus to come and indwell us and to be with us. Someone just like Jesus to help us. I want to explain the significance of this to you. Now imagine if Jesus was still physically here on earth, just like 2,000 years ago with his disciples. Here today, on somewhere on the planet, Jesus would be here with us. So how would you get access to him? You've got all these questions, these things that you want Jesus to help you with. So, so how would you get access to him? I mean, there are millions of churches around the world, right? True believers, hundreds of millions, maybe true believers around the world. And Jesus can only be at one place at one time. That's how he operated at the time when he was with, physically with his disciples, only at one place at one time. So say Jesus is in China this month with the underground church, and he's visiting those believers there. So how are you going to get help from him? Here we are sitting on the other side of the world. You've got issues that you need answers to. Crises in your family, decisions to make. And then the next month, the Lord Jesus is in the USA visiting some churches. How will you get access to him? I mean, the airlines are all going to change their flight schedules. They're going to want an itinerary from Jesus, and they're going to say to him, so where are you going to be next month? Because we've got millions and millions of people who are wanting to go and be with Jesus. Because we want to be with Jesus. If only he were there with me and I had access to him. And at that church that Jesus visits in the USA, I mean, what is going to happen on that Sunday that is there? You're going to have like two to three million visitors. I mean, how's that an answer to prayer for, Lord, please send us visitors? You know, Jesus is here, and here you have people, Christians from around the world, just congregating on that church. They're wanting to have access to Jesus because we need him. You and I would not even be able to get close to Jesus, right? We would actually have no access to him. And you've got a girlfriend and you need to know, Lord, must I marry her or not? And you've just got no access to Jesus. Maybe, just maybe, in two months' time, the Lord is going to visit Hillcrest Baptist. Yes, okay, now's my chance. I can never get access to him. He's all over the world. And he's going to be preaching on a Sunday at church. So sorry, Billy, that means um, I'm afraid you're not preaching. Um, on that day, Jesus is going to be preaching. And so the airlines, they will adjust their schedules. And from up north, way past Belito, 
all the way down to Port Shepston, Midlands, there is not one space in any Airbnb because just millions of people from around the world also want to see Jesus. And so on the Monday before Jesus is going to come to our church, there are people camping outside from Monday morning. They are going to sleep here the whole week because they're wanting to see Jesus. As the week progresses, the people start arriving from the States, from overseas, wanting to see Jesus. In fact, during that week, you can't even drive down Old Main Road because everybody wants to see Jesus. So you and I, even though Jesus is coming to our church, we are not even going to be able to see him, not going to be able to ask him our questions. In fact, the palmers are in the best position, aren't they? They're in the manse, so okay, so maybe they're going to get access, but, but otherwise. I mean, would Jesus have a cell phone? Would you try and phone him? Because you see, you're wanting to have Jesus in your life. His phone is going to be ringing 24-7 if he had a cell phone. Millions of people from all around the world asking him, wanting to ask him questions, desperate to have Jesus with him. Would he have an email address? Well, if he did, five million emails a day. I mean, talk about a full inbox, right? I battle with some of my 20 or 30 emails sometimes a day. There's just no way that you and I would have any access to the Lord Jesus. We wouldn't have any help with our issues in life. That is the problem. Do you get it? That is the problem with Jesus staying here physically on earth. And so this is a promise of access to divine help. If I go away, I will send the helper who is just like me. I will send him, not vaguely into the world, I will send him to you so that you have got access to someone just like me every day, 24-7, for every single day of your life as a believer. You don't have to go and try and find him. You don't have to phone him. He will indwell you so that you have access to God any time of the day and night. And that is better than having Jesus physically here on earth somewhere and you're, you're not able to have access to him. I just want to make a qualification. So it is not exactly the same. When the Lord Jesus walked with his disciples, the disciples could ask the Lord a specific question and he would answer them, right? Lord, so when are you going to come and stuff like this? And the Lord Jesus would answer them. So we can't ask the Holy Spirit, so tell me, so where must I invest my money? What must I do? And we do not hear audibly from the Holy Spirit. If you think you do, please come and speak to me afterwards because you do not. The Holy Spirit works differently than the Lord Jesus when he was physically on earth. He speaks um, through his word, the Bible. He gives us wisdom and insight and real help. So I just want to make that qualification. But also, another great advantage. You see, this verse 
was spoken to disciples who did have access to Jesus. They had three years of access to Jesus. And what Jesus is telling them is that even though you have access to me, it is still better, it is still to your advantage that I go away so that you have another helper to come to you and indwell you. Because, let's face it, when the disciples were on earth, they were a bit dwarf, weren't they? Now, dwarf is just, for maybe people listening online, is such a good South African word. It is unique. It means that they were like quite confused. They lacked understanding. So that even when Jesus gave them an answer to their question, they sometimes didn't understand it. They were dwarf. What would happen here is that the helper will not come to you unless Jesus goes away. But if he goes away, I will send him to you. And that is a promise of personal empowering in the life of a believer. And we see that, don't we? In the early on in the book of Acts, the promise is go to Jerusalem and wait, and you will receive power through the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so what happened at Pentecost? These dwarf believers were transformed by the power of the Spirit. They got courage, they got boldness, they got insight into God's word, and Peter stands up and preaches a sermon, and 3,000 people are converted. The disciples did not have that when Jesus was physically present with them. So even if we could have access to Jesus, it is still better that he would go away so that that helper, who is just like Jesus, would be sent to us to indwell us so that we have access to God 100% of the time, day or night, for the rest of our lives, and we are personally empowered, emboldened, enlightened to serve God and do his work in the world, which is better than having Jesus physically in the world, even with us, and we do not have the power of the Spirit in our lives. It is better it is to our advantage that Jesus left and the Holy Spirit came down to indwell us. Reason three, last reason. The Holy Spirit, when he comes, will have a universal ministry of converting sinners. Look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit. When he comes... He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Look at that word, he will. Not maybe, not possibly. The Holy Spirit has got a mission from God and he will do this. What exactly will he do? He will convict the world. He will convict people. He will bring them to their senses. 
where they have a heart of stone and they have no interest in being ashamed for their sin, suddenly their hearts will change, will soften, and they will say, hey man, I've sinned against God. A convicting work of the Holy Spirit. Look specifically. A ministry of salvation. He will convict the world about sin and righteousness and judgment so that hardened sinners who have no interest in God are callous about their sin suddenly become soft as babies and they weep over their sin. What an amazing ministry of the Holy Spirit. And look at that. He will convict the world. He will convict the world concerning sin and righteousness and judgment. Not just the small physical location. When Jesus was on earth and he was preaching in Capernaum, who was preaching in Rome? No one. Who was preaching in the province of Galatia? No one. They did not hear the voice of God. They were in darkness. Jesus' ministry, when he was physically here on earth, was defined and limited to one physical location at a time. It was constrained geographically. And Jesus could not reach the world when he was physically here on earth because in his incarnated body, there were physical limitations for him. But look at what happens here. And I just want to draw your attention to this. The helper, unless I go away, the helper will not come. But if I go, I will send him to you. Personal indwelling of believers, empowerment, access to God. And when he comes, he will convict the world. How is the Holy Spirit going to convict the world? Is it that there's this um, South American tribal guy and he walks around and suddenly zap out of nowhere, he just gets hit with the gospel, he comes to repentance, his heart is soft? Absolutely not. A believer is indwelt and powered by the Holy Spirit, is convicted to become a missionary, goes to South America and preaches the gospel, and the Holy Spirit uses believers to bring conviction all over the world. Do you see that connection? I will send him to you, and through you, empowered believers, he will convict the whole world. Do you know that in the Bible, the word Christian actually means little Christs? Now, that does not mean that we become divine in any way. What that means is that believers, you and I, frail vessels, are filled with the Holy Spirit and empowered by the Spirit to go out and preach the gospel to people. And the Holy Spirit will use us to convict the world. So 
Look at that. Instead of having one Lord Jesus Christ physically on earth, uh, constrained to one geographical location at the time, how is he going to get around to the whole world? He leaves. He sends a helper like him to indwell believers who become little Christs, millions of them. They preach the gospel to those people around them all over the world, and the Holy Spirit uses them to convict the world. And so the Holy Spirit now has a universal ministry through empowering believers like you and me to do his work. And so the whole world comes under the convicting power of the Spirit through you and I. And so we must conclude and draw some thoughts together about living the Christian life. The Lord Jesus in this verse is telling us the truth. Something that we can believe and trust that this is true. Amazingly, you need to believe that what we have here now as believers is better for us than having the Lord Jesus physically present with us on earth today. That is exactly what Jesus is telling us. Do you believe that? We have something better than having Jesus physically present in your life. That is astonishing and amazing. We have a helper who is just like Jesus, and he will be sent to us. We don't have to find him. We don't have to try and get access to him. He will indwell us, and he will empower us and use us to bring conviction to the whole world, thousands and millions of believers around the world doing the work of the gospel. And he will do that. Look at that word again. He will do that. He will use you and he will use me to do this great work. So I want to encourage you. Don't bemoan or complain about the fact that if only Jesus were here, I could ask him these questions. He could help me with my life. And we kind of live half-defeated lives and we think if only Jesus were here to help, it would be better, things would be sorted out. I've certainly thought and said that in my own heart and mind when going through difficulties. You and I, here tonight, have something better. We have the equipping of the Holy Spirit. He has a mission to draw in all the elect from all corners of the world, and he empowers believers like you and me. We don't become divine in any way. We are in earthen vessels. But the power is from him and he uses us. So go into the world. Be salt and light tomorrow. Preach the gospel. And God's mission to save the lost around the whole, whole world will be fulfilled in us. God bless you as you do that.
Can I just check? Is there going to be a closing song or must I um, close for us? Thank you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we sometimes find things in your word that are unexpected. Who would have thought that what you have done for us here in this age, through the power of the Holy Spirit, is better for us than having Jesus physically on the earth as he was 2,000 years ago. Strengthen us, use us to accomplish your mission to bring salvation to the ends of the earth. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen.